We hear Elon Musk talking about us going to Mars. Mars has been colonized since after World War II. There's been, there are millions of Americans that live on Mars. Really? Because, yeah, the brain, you know, the brain drain. Nazis won the war. They gave up the, the country of Germany, but the Nazis all came over here. And now they were, they're all through the U.S. government. George H.W. Bush was the leader of the Fourth Reich. Really? Yeah, a lot more going on in this world than you can possibly fill. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. Hello, I'm Neva host, Kate Rambo. You know, the astute listeners might realize that this show sounds a bit different than the typical <laughs> Sick and Wrong recording. That's because we're recording from the Sick and Wrong studio in Hollywood together. The Kate Los- Rambo made yeah. it to Hollywood. The Los Angeles location. Yeah, you, you actually made it to, uh, to uh, the States for the first time. I am here. Yeah, this is a monumental occasion. So what are okay? What are your initial sentiments on Tinseltown? Uh, I like it so far. It's sleazy. <laughs> Wait, it's did you think it was going to be? Is it sleazier than you thought it was going to be? Well, I knew Hollywood is sleazy, anyways, because I've watched like videos and people tell you. But like at the minute, I really like it. But my main complaint is that it's fucking cold. Yeah, that is that is weird. Like Los Angeles, the week before you were here, it's like 85 degrees, 80 degrees. You come here, this weekend it rains, and it's like 40, I don't know, 45 degrees Fahrenheit, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And wind, it's so fucking windy. I got in a really bad uh, mood because of the weather. <laughs> yeah, no. It, I was un- so cold. <laughs> well, until you get, which is weird because you live in like a very cold country. Yeah, but I'm used to country. that cold. I'm used to that type, and I'm also not walking around in, like, because I've brought, you know... Don't you walk, fi- like, two miles to work there? Yeah, and I'm doing that in, like, jeans and a and a fur jacket. Yeah, not fishnets. Yeah, I'm not out in fishnets and summer dresses and in my summer leather trench coat, which is what I've brought here. I mean, technically it is winter still, but, yeah, it was it's very cold. cold, though. Very cold for L.A. Like, the past couple of nights have been so cold, which is really odd. It is odd. Um, but yeah, you know, L.A. is definitely not without its sleaze. Um, you've been here for about three days now. And uh, I, I've been trying to sh- take you to all like, uh, well, you know, my my selection of Hollywood, my favorite hot spots in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but also just kind of like some other landmark destinations. So let's see. On a Friday night, we went to Carousel, which to people live in uh, in Los Angeles, one of the best middle eastern restaurants i've been to yeah i liked it um, now yeah that place is so good um but carousel happens to be right across the street from one of my other favorite bars in uh in los angeles jumbo's clown room so much fun at jumbo's so you got to go experience that so you've heard you've heard um you know over the years us talking about jumbo's was it what you pictured it to be jumbo's was funner than what i thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be like a bit grimier, but it was fun. It is still and pretty then a grimy. Stripper stole your drink that I <laughs> bought you. <laughs> well, so we're gonna get in. We get into it on second show because we're gonna go into more detail about uh, Kate's jumbo experience. Although 
um, you were just showering the girls with money. I was dropping dollar bills on their pussies. You're making it rain. I was making it rain for some of those chicks. But the the funny thing about it, the, the this the, our experience at Jumbo's the other night is we're sitting there and Kate's just chatting it up with this guy that's that's with some chick that was and the, the chick was like, oh, you're from England. There's another there's another girl here that's from England. She's also from the north of England, but she happened to be from Plymouth, right? Which is about as far. It's nowhere near the north. Absolutely nowhere near. It's the opposite end of the fucking country. It's like eight hours away from the north. And they must have been friends with her because they were giving her a lot of money. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, you got to meet her because you're both from England and she's from the north. And, and you're like, yeah, sure. And so I look over at you and I'm like, do you know who that guy is? It's such an L.A. Uh, happenstance experience here. But I was like, do you know who that guy is? And you're like, no, who? Looks like the drummer in my, my old band. He, lo- he looks like my friend Ferg. Ferg, if you're listening, this guy looks exactly like you. <laughs> it turns out it was uh, the guy who played Richard in Silicon Valley, Thomas Middleditch. I still don't know who he is. Yeah, you didn't recognize him. He was actually pretty cool, but you guys like got on. You're like sitting there shooting the shit, like making jokes, being like making jokes about the different girls. Yeah, we were chatty cafes. <laughs> Me and Fake Ferg, <laughs> who's in a show I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. The guys, the guys, been in a few, uh, a few different uh, TV shows and movies and things like that. Comedic actor, um, but yeah, it was funny because uh, finally the uh, the the other. Northern, or not Northern, but the other English slag that happened to be there. Fake Northerner. <laughs> she yeah. comes over and uh, they're like, oh yeah, here she is. And we and you start chatting with her and you're like, oh, can I buy you a drink? And so you bought a round. You bought me a drink, whiskey soda, yourself a beer, and you bought whatever. I don't know what she was drinking. A shot? I, she had a shot of whiskey, yeah. A shot of whiskey. And so then she just drinks a shot of whiskey and takes my drink and leaves. Yeah, what a bitch. And Loved I was, it. It was a baller move. <laughs> I was pretty wasted, so I didn't even realize. Like, I'm just sitting there. Did you get me a drink? Because I, I was still drinking mine, and I'm like, oh, maybe you didn't get me a drink. And they're like, no, she took it. <laughs> <laughs> Jumbos, I loved it. I want to go back. Yeah, Jumbos is a good time. And they, we left right before it got really crowded, too. We were that early when it was quiet and everyone was being quite respectable. And you can get a seat. We were sat, yeah. Which is nice, yeah. And so then after that, we uh, ended up uh, hopping a lift and going all the way across town to the Rainbow. Yeah. But you got to see the Rainbow Room. I did. Which the, was a lot of fun. The Rainbow was great. And also, I never knew how big the Rainbow was. Yeah, you're actually kind of surprised. You were surprised by that. You're like, I had no... Did you, you knew it was a restaurant, though. Yeah, I knew they served food there, but I didn't know it was... It's like free floors. Yeah, there's like the... Inside bar, there's an outside bar, the Lemmy Lounge, and there's like the upstairs bar. It's it's huge. It's I just thought it was a dive bar. That, I mean, it's like a bar restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've often said that because uh, you know uh, I was reading that the Viper Room on Sunset that uh, Johnny Depp used to own that club. Uh, the Viper Room is being converted into condos, of course. That's what happens to everything. The Rainbow's cool. I would be upset if the Rainbow. Yeah, I've always said that if uh, the Rainbow ends up uh, shuttering its doors and be- being turned into condos, that's when I leave LA. Yeah, you're so dramatic, dude. I'm going to be, that's the last straw. <laughs> it's the last gasp that's of it. LA air. That's it. I will make, I'm putting my foot down right now. I will leave LA. The foot is coming down. I don't know where I'll go, but I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, Rainbow is a good time. And then uh, let's see, last night, we kind of partied in Hollywood, went to um, a couple iconic landmark locations. We went to um, Frank, uh, Muson Franks. 
Yes, we walked. Even though it was that. too crowded to get into, couldn't even get to the bar. It was so crowded. Yeah, we walked. It was Saturday it. night. Yeah. Um, then we hit up the Roosevelt Roosevelt Hotel because it's a very haunted location. You wanted to see Maryland. I did. Yeah. We um, also left there. We left there as well because <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was a, a, the music was terrible and it was also kind of crowded. It was crowded. Well, I don't really care about the crowds, but the music was just awful for a lovely vintage Art Deco style hotel like that. It should not be playing. It was all EDM. Yeah. yeah it was like why? The, but really bad EDM. And like it was the wasn't, type of EDM you hear in Vegas. It wasn't like it was so quiet that you can ignore it. It was fucking loud. Yeah, no, it was it was loud. Like the, there's a bar upstairs at the Roosevelt uh, that's also a bowling alley. Oh, it's called the Spare Room. So there were two lanes. Oh, I get it, it now. Yeah, the Spare ca- Room. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, it was so the EDM was so loud and it was so douchey that you walked in. And you're like, fuck this. I just knew I didn't want to sit in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then we took off and then we made a very cold walk all the way down Hollywood Boulevard. Um, you get to see some of the crazy homeless people. There was few, some some homeless camps. Um, you get very excited when you see homeless camps. I am gonna try and count and keep count of how many homeless camps I have seen. I saw about four today. That's gonna be a very difficult task when you go to San Francisco. I, it has to be stopped at San Francisco. I can't do it because maybe every, San Francisco you can count how many human turds you see on the street. I am a hundred percent stepping in a human turd on in San Francisco. I know I am. Yeah, not on purpose. Obviously, <laughs> you're gonna just go jump in one. Like if you see one, just jump on top of it. I'll be looking at something and be like, "That's the rooftop, dirty Harry." Shot someone on, stop some <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, and so yeah, we ended up going to uh, uh, Burgundy Room, which is a cool bar. Cool yeah, bar, I like that bar. Though. And then we went to the Star Wars bar that I. Oh hate. my god, the Star Wars bar is fucking awful. That place is awful. Well, it stank. It absolutely just stank of really greasy fryers. The whole place, it was just minging. And the barman who served me had long hair, like past shoulder length hair. He was wearing a yellow plaid shirt, kind of lesbian shirt. But he had like fake canines. You know, it was weird. It wasn't like vampire teeth because they weren't on the top. They were on both. Oh, did he have on both? Yeah, like I, an animal. I thought he was trying to be like a Wookiee or something. I no, I think he's a furry. He gave me strong furry vibes. But he wasn't wearing a furry outfit. No, but he in he his had a beard. In he his heart, like he is a wolf. He's like one of those type of people. For some reason, I thought he was trying to be like a Chewbacca type Wookiee thing. He was just like too like giggly and friendly. I did not like his vibes, and that just the whole place stank. Uh, no I'm one telling you, it's Star an Wars awful bar. place. It's I will never place. go back in there. And it used to be such a cool bar, loaded. It's like a heavy metal, like rock and roll bar. But no one went to it because everyone's like, oh, lame. No one was into it. They, but they're but the place is fucking packed with nerds. And you never drinking blue milk. How can how can people sit in that smell? That's what I want to well, know. It it reeks in there. Some people have no sense of smell, so I didn't notice. But you were fine. <laughs> I just hate the place just in general. The whole estate, everything about it. Never going back in there. But um, today, uh, what did we do today? Today we went to uh, Los Feliz. Uh, went, walked around Los Feliz, saw Glenn Danzig's house. Old man Danzig's house and his pile of bricks. Still has a pile of bricks in front of that place. It's not where he currently lives, but it's his house that he had in the 90s. Love it. Um. Which looks great. I mean, it's, it's such a funny because you, when you you drive, Los Feliz is one of the most upscale, affluent neighborhoods here in Hollywood. And uh, when you drive up Franklin, it's like these homes are all like a million dollar plus. 
like all these homes are. And you go down and you see like, oh, you know, Spanish style home and, you know, Victorian looking home and all these different style, like, you know, upscale homes. And then there's like straight up Adam's family. Like it's, it's like a, it looks like the home out of like the Texas chainsaw. It's brilliant. It's like an old, gra- old evil grandma's house. <laughs> and there's still lights on in there. Yeah, I don't know why the lights were. The lights must come on at nighttime automatically. Who knows? It was yeah, creepy. I'm not sure. So after the Glen Danzig uh, visitation, um, we went up to. Uh, we decided to kick off the uh, the Los Angeles murder tour. It started. And this today. is kind of, yeah. This is like Kate's. One of Kate's, well, other than me, one of Kate's main <laughs> reasons for coming here yeah. is to go to uh, the many iconic uh, crime scene locations in Los Angeles. I mean, LA's history is just rife with notorious murders. I can't really think of too many crime scene destination cities as much as LA. No, LA is a, a beast with its own back, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many, if you look at OJ, um, you know, Char- Charlie Manson, Sharon Tate. You know, there's so many different murders that happen, and not to mention all the serial killers who have, like, stalked the streets of this uh, harsh, unrepentant city. Yeah. You know? Um, but, so we, we started we started off with two in the Los Feliz area. One, the La Bianca house. I've always wanted to see that. And you know that's actually, they're actually going to um, tear it down soon. They're tearing that down? They're going to tear it down and to completely remodel it. So we... That might be the last time you'll ever see the La Bianca house. Well, it looks quite a bit different than it did back They've changed, in the day. They've changed the front and everything, but the house as it stands, like the foundations of it are exactly the same, but it's all going to come down. Well, didn't... I always forget the guy's name. That guy that's in one of those like... Zach. Asinine ghost hunter I always podcast. want to call him Zach Brannigan because it's obviously Zach Brannigan. Zach like Futurama? Zach, it's like Zach Baggins or something. Yeah, that guy bought the, the place for like $1.8 million. He actually has a successful podcast, right? Uh, well, no, he's an entrepreneur, isn't it? Does he have a podcast? I thought, I thought he was what, a TV like, host. No, I thought it was like a ghost hunting podcast, and he just and it blew up, and he became like a a TV ghost show. hunting podcast. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, how? What's a ghost gonna do on a podcast? No, they they it's one of those paranormal podcasts, and they go ghost hunting and they record it live. I can't right. Yeah, watching it is one thing because that's like somebody in the room with a microphone going. Is there anybody maybe it was here? A, maybe it was a vidcast, but I think it started out like it was something like he was independent, or whatever, and it blew up, and he got lucky, and now he's like a TV. Well, doesn't he own the um, that museum in Vegas as well? It's filled with all weird shit. Oh, yeah, because I think he collects a lot. And so he bought, yeah, he has like a yeah. collection of like occult items and things like that. But I think he ended up buying the uh, La Bianca house for like $1.8 million a few years ago. But I think he sold it. He did sell it. I think that I think it does have to come down and it's probably not worth keeping it. But oh, well. So uh, true crime fanatics will know that the Manson family uh, murdered Leno and Rosemary La Bianca there. Um, was it the same? It was the same night, right? As uh, the no, murders? it was the next night. Oh, the next night, all right, the night yeah. after. Um, then we went and checked out the Los Feliz Murder Mansion, which I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, it was really creepy because by that point it was uh, it was pretty dark. There's no one around either. There's yeah, nobody it was... knocking about, and then we'd seen a coyote, so I was already on edge. Well, yeah, that was weird too. We saw this like lone coyote that was big. In front of the lobby, coyote Bianca it was house. a large coyote. That's terrifying. I was yeah. scared. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, uh, so this was, uh, let's see, December 6, 1959, cardiologist Harold Pearlson murdered his wife Lillian 
while she slept in, uh, in, the, in bed using a ball-peen hammer. He then attempted to kill his daughter, Judy, who managed to escape to a neighbor's house. Pearlson then killed himself by taking a fatal dose of Nambutal and tranquilizers. But this place is uh, vacant. And has been forever yeah. since then. You know, uh, it's been, yeah, vacant for 60 years. Rumors spread that the Christmas decorations from that December night are still intact. That's kind of a myth. So I read this, uh, there was this great blog that has pictures. Because so, you used to be able to go right up to the mansion. I think it's more secured now. But you used to be able to sneak up there. And somebody went in and took pictures through all the windows. So in one of the rooms, there's Christmas decorations out. But it wasn't Christmas time. There's just Christmas decorations out. Like somebody's gone in and, and, and ransacked. Set up, uh, oh, weird. Well, because the daughter owned the house, she would she didn't live in it, but she would go back periodically to like tidy up because they were tried. They tried to sell this house a million just times, no but no one ever it. wanted to buy well, they, it. They had a, a sign for a realtor. Yeah, I think it's the problem is again it's now been left so long that it's decayed so much that whoever is going to move into there, yeah. yeah, you're going to have to spend like four probably four times what it's worth. But it, it really is ominous looking. It was very creepy. It's just up on this hill. It's dark, and it's yeah, just a foreboding. I don't, I don't know. The way yeah, it looks is just creepy. It's just creepy house. It is a creepy house, a murder house. I wonder if the house is haunted. Danzig should have moved into there. Yeah, why, why didn't Danzig buy the murder house? Oh, instead he lives in Lucia Ball's house. Well, you would never predict that. Yeah, I'm surprised Danzig didn't buy that. I mean, maybe it's probably, I mean, it's a huge mansion. And it that is location huge. right by Griffith Park. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be worth, maybe it's too much money. There's lots of coyotes, too. Lots of coyotes over there. But um, that kind of kicked off the uh, the crime scene location. There's a few places uh, I know you're planning to check out. Um, let's see some of the other ones that are big. Uh, what about Ned Doheny, Hugh Plunkett? You ever heard, you've heard of that one, right? February 16th, 1929, oil heir Ned Doheny moved into the Greystone Mansion in Beverly Hills. And he and his secretary, Hugh, were bo- uh, oh, yeah, both yeah. shot to death in a bedroom. Um, it's unknown who shot whom or why, but money, sex, and the Teapot Dome scandal are themes. Boofties. It probably were. Uh, there's uh, the death um, the death house of Bugsy Siegel. Wasn't he? Uh, he was at the home of his mistress, Virginia Hill. Yeah, she was a. She liked to get it about for about, didn't she, Virginia? She liked to get a leg over. June 20th, 1947, he was uh, sprayed with bullets as he sat reading at, at her home. And that's in Beverly Hills. Um, also, um, you know, Mickey Cohen's uh, former bodyguard was stabbed to death at his, uh, by his girlfriend, Alana uh, Turner's daughter, Cheryl Crane. Oh, yeah, Johnny Sp- Spampanato. He was a wanker. He deserved it. Uh, TV's Superman from the 50s, George Reeves, was killed in his house by a single gunshot. Yeah. Do you think he also killed? Also in Beverly Hills. Do you think he killed himself, or do you think it was uh, that somebody shot him? I don't know. I've often wondered. I mean, people say it looks like a suicide. Single I think he killed wound. himself because he probably his, did. Yeah, because his girlfriend was an absolute nightmare. He didn't want to be with her. <laughs> He's like, I'll just kill myself to get away from her. Um. What about uh, Ben Hur star Ramon Navarro, who was murdered in his Laurel Canyon home? October 30th, 1968. You're going to head up to Laurel Canyon, take a look? Uh, yeah, I covered him on Overkill as well, and his old house is amazing. So I think it's um, the son of Frank Lloyd Wright designed it. It's a beautiful home. Um, 
So uh, the brothers who uh, murdered him uh, thought that he had a hidden stash of cash. They tortured, they beat him. And the crime scene, um, they say, involved a silver dildo. Yes, Kenefanga. Print the myth. Given by Rudolph Valentino. Print the myth. How was it given it to him? Did he really give it to him or was it just... I think I think he would have liked Valentino to give it to him. He wouldn't. <laughs> what a beautiful man. Um, when are you gonna are you gonna go to the you're gonna go to the Cielo Drive Man Manson murders, right? Yeah, I know the house has changed, but of course that's bucket list. Can you even get up to the house anymore? No, it's like a, there's a huge imposing gate, but you know, I'll I'll have my picture taken next to the numbers. It's <laughs> all I'm, that matters. I'm sure a lot of annoying people show up at that. If you live in a murder house, of course people are gonna go and look at your murder house, like it's just what's going to happen. Get over it. Don't move into your murder house and not expect there to be tourists coming every so often to, Didn't, to Oogle. Uh, Trent Reznor record an album there? He did. Yeah. yeah. Was it Downward Spiral? No, it was like later than that. It was about 1994. And Marilyn Manson too. Uh, Marilyn Manson recorded one there? Yeah. Huh. Um, I know we covered Dorothy Stratton on the show um are you gonna go by uh her uh the the, the shared house in, where she was murdered in yeah i want to because it's really ugly I that's actually not that far from where i live it's on clarkson is it yeah we should go and look you should go take a look um what about the hillside strangler he uh kidnapped and raped women from what 77 to 78 and there are a lot of murders all, all throughout glendale a lot of bodies found. yeah where they dumped them we're definitely gonna go do you have them. all the locations like mapped out? Like in, in my mind, just mapped <laughs> out, <laughs> ready. Oh, you know, another one actually kind of where I live in West Hollywood uh, is the Wonderland murders. I'm definitely wanting to go see the Wonderland murders. The murder house there. Yeah. That, that was like right up Wonderland Avenue, right over in Laurel Canyon over here. Uh, that's where uh, porn star John Holmes sold out his friends and uh, his friends were murdered by a group of mobsters. Yeah, Eddie Nash. Eddie, Eddie Nash. Nash's boys. Yeah, drug dealer. Um, he was a drug dealer. He was like a nightclub owner. An entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, liquor store owner. You know, he did so much crack cocaine that he dropped a lung. <laughs> did he really? He only had one lung. Yeah. It just I, collapsed a lung. It just fucking collapsed crack. a lung because that's how much crack cocaine that man did. His lung was like, fuck this, I'm out. You know, uh, a friend of mine um, wrote that movie Wonderland that had Val Kilmer it's a good uh, movie. He, yeah, Val Kilmer starred as uh, John Holmes, and uh, Eddie Nash was played by uh, Eric Bogosian. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. He's you good in it as well. It yeah. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, what about uh, uh, Nicole Brown and Ron uh, oh, yeah. Goldman Murder House? Yeah, I definitely want to go see that. That's a bit of a hike. That's like all the way out in Brentwood. That's like past Beverly Hills. So is that where loads of movie stars live out in Brentwood, don't they? Yeah, well, there's huge mansions Yeah. There. Uh, we could we could drive out there, see if we can go by the house. I, I don't think I've ever been out there. We should do it then. You know what? I, I was looking today at some other crime scene locations. Apparently, I live right up the street from where Biggie Smalls was shot outside his, uh, outside the uh, Peterson Automotive Museum. I want to go to that automotive party. museum and also rest in peace, Biggie. <laughs> I prefer you over Tupac. Um, same with me. Uh, you could go to uh, Tujunga Avenue and see where Bonnie Lee Bakley uh, was shot to death by was it was it by her husband Robert Blake? I mean, he was acquitted, but he was found civilly liable. Same with OJ. Same with OJ, yeah. So you can go to that location. Uh, what about uh, Lana Clarkson, where she was murdered? Could yeah. It's in Alhambra, though. It's kind of far. Yeah. It's all the way up by Pasadena. That was Phil Spector's mansion, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder what's happened to that place. I don't know. I mean, who lives there? And I don't. He didn't have any kids, did he? No. He kid? No, I don't no. think so. Um, but one of the main places that you're, uh, one of the main crime scene locations that you've been talking about, I know you're excited about, is uh, is uh, the the location of the Black Dahlia. Yeah, um, well, her Elizabeth body Short's dumped. body, where her body was was found in pieces. Two. Yeah, separated. Like, wasn't she cut in half? She was completely severed. Yeah. Completely severed. It's probably L.A.'s what most famous. I don't know if it's their most famous murder, but one of the most notorious murders. It's the murder that I mean, every almost every true crime podcast has done Black Dolly. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that most people listen to this know exactly who Elizabeth Shaw is and the Black Dahlia. We're not gonna like hash out. No, I mean, yeah, her. we. But it's an interesting location. Where it's in a what park is that in? Where uh, they found her. I mean, it's not that far from me. I think it's like it's not. I don't want to say it's uh, it's West Hollywood. I think it's kind of in. That's what's weird about LA. As soon as you go south of like Pico, then you're just in Los Angeles. And I think this park or wherever she was found is in Los Angeles. I, I got to look it up. Yeah, no, I will. I will tell you. We'll just do like a quick little because there might be like one person listening who is like who is Elizabeth Short and doesn't know. So we're just going to rattle it through really quickly. Yeah, some people might not have never heard of it. Yeah, we'll go fast. So Elizabeth Short, she was born on July the 29th, 1924 in High Park, Boston, Massachusetts. She's the third of five daughters. So that's a total tuna factory in that house. <laughs> five daughters. Can you imagine it? Five Can you imagine kid, the PMT? Yeah, five girls. God. Fuck that. Do, they all, do you think they all have their period at the same time? Yeah, they will have. You sync up. I sync up with people at work. God, if I was if I was the father, I'd be like, yeah, I gotta go on a business vacation every. I'd have to go on like a business trip every time. Like I'd go straight to Vegas for that week. Well, speaking of her father, D, she did have a pretty shitty childhood because her her father faked his own death after the stock market crash, so he wouldn't have to look after them, and he secretly moved to California, leaving her mother to look after them. I Five dollars. I can't say I blame him. I mean, the guy yeah. was trying to get a son. Never happened. <laughs> Five daughters. Five daughters. He's like, I can't take this. Think of how many tampons you have to buy. Too many. She was a, a sickly kid. She suffered from asthma. She had severe bronchitis. She actually had to undergo lung surgery at the age of 15 because of it. She would winter down in Florida. She would stay with relatives because the cold actually could have killed her. And this affected her schoolwork so badly that she it's dropped. Fragile. Yeah, she dropped out of high school when she was 16 in her sophomore year. So she never even finished high school. Uh, in December of 42, her father got back in touch with them. He was out there living in um, Vallejo. Oh, in Vallejo. Vallejo, I said it right. Yeah, that's north. That's yeah. up by, uh, in the Bay Area. He was working at a naval shipyard. So Elizabeth moved out there, but their reunion, it didn't last long. They had numerous arguments and she was kicked out. He kicked her out in January of 1943. She was dick. there less than a month. Yeah, what a dick. Why did he kick her out? Just because she Just couldn't get along with her, couldn't get along with her, and I think it, I'm like nobody ever says this about Elizabeth Short, but she was a grifter. I don't think she was necessarily a nice person. She seemed kind of sketchy. She's definitely. I, I think she definitely consorted with a pretty uh, a sketchy crowd. Not even that. I just think she was a hustler in a in a kind of not good way. Hmm. She moved to Los Angeles. There were. People who claim that she did want to be an actress, but she didn't go to auditions. She didn't go to acting classes. So I think that's just kind of something the media made up at was the time. Was she a model? 
No. She wasn't even that good looking. She wasn't that good looking. She, she had, was attractive. She also, she had really bad teeth as well. Pretty much all her teeth had, um, were like brown and discolored and falling out. Oh, I didn't know she was British. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> She would spend three years living off the kindness of strangers. She worked odd jobs. She was sucking cocks of various men to pay the rent. Uh, so Okay, so she was a prostitute. No, she wasn't a prostitute. So in 1949, the DA's office, they issued a report on the investigation into her murder. This is a quote from the report. She knew at least 50 men at the time of her death. <laughs> Who doesn't? And at least 25 men had been seen with her within the 60-day period preceding her death. She was not a prostitute. She had been confused with a Los Angeles prostitute by the same name. She was known as a teaser of men, which is pretty Ooh. cool. Yeah. I like that. She would ride with them, chisel a place to sleep, uh, clothes on money, but she would then refuse to have sexual intercourse by telling them that she was a virgin or that she was engaged or married. There were three known men who had sexual intercourse with her, and according to them, she got no pleasure out of this act. And according to the autopsy surgeon, her sex organs showed female trouble. Wait, what do you mean female trouble? Like, was it... I like, don't know, like, how, like, true and... Like in, biologically? Like, it was... In John Gilmore's book, Severed, about um, the Black Dahlia, he went into detail about, like, she's got a really shallow vagina. Oh, she has a shallow vagina. She's got a shallow vagina. And they did have to... So she has... Very, sex can be very painful. With a shallow vagina. Yeah. I bet it can, because you can't get anything in there. It's like no. throwing a hot dog against a wall. You, you know, I'm... I think I've talked about this in the show. I hooked up, I remember in college with a girl that had a shallow vagina. And like you could really only get like maybe the head of your cock, and, like an inch of your dick in, in it. And it just, you just hit, hit a wall. Like I think her vagina like kind of was like the vaginal canal or whatever tilted upwards. Yeah. It was about an inch. And so sex was super painful for her. Whoever killed the Black Dahlia, what they did was they cut like pieces of her flesh out of like um, her breast and her thigh and they just shoved that up her vagina. So that's how they reckoned she might have had female troubles. Wait, wait. They cut pieces of her breast and shoved that into her vagina? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why? <laughs> Vicky, if you're going to murder someone, you might as well just be like, I'm going to give them a show. I suppose it's just a weird thing to do. I can understand cutting it off and keeping it as a souvenir or something. Oh, because that makes more sense. Well, no, I mean, you could look back on it, but it's like, what are they going to do? Like, oh, just shove it in her vagina? That's what they did. That's very odd. On January the 9th, 1947, she was dropped off at the Bitmore Hotel. We're going to go to the Bitmore. But the Millennium Biltmore, though, is a great hotel. It's downtown. Uh, she was dropped off there by a man she had been shagging. Also, the person who became the initial suspect in her murder, Robert Red Manley. She was seen using the telephone in the lobby. Then she was never seen alive again. Her life was literally about to be cut short, D. Hey. <laughs> that, that was good. Yeah. Work on May levels. <laughs> on the morning of January the 15th. So she disappeared on the night and nobody saw her again until they discovered her body. She was severed in two pieces, was found on a vacant lot in um, the Laymont Park. Lima? Oh, Lima. Limart Park. Limart yeah, Limart Park. Park, which is, that is off of Pico, kind of central LA. At the time, it was a vacant lot, but now I know where yeah, they made she it, was they made dumped as a house yeah. now. Um, Betty Bersinger discovered the body about 10 a.m. She was wa out walking with her three-year-old daughter. She thought she had found a discarded, uh, discarded star mannequin. That's what they always say. They're like, I thought it looked like a mannequin. Well, I mean, it's a human shape, I suppose. 
When she realized it was a cause of a dead body, she rushed to a nearby house. She telephoned the police and the rest is true crime history. She had been dead for about 10 hours before she was found. Her mutilated body had been washed. It had been com- cut completely at the waist. Face has been slashed from ear to ear. Glasgow smile. Wait, so, yeah, she had the Glasgow smile and her body was severed. Were there like intestines hanging out? Uh, no, it was cut very clean. There was no blood at the crime scene. She, her body had actually been washed too. So the killer washed her body. So killed, washed off any of the blood. Yeah, and that's also probably to hide evidence just in case. In case hmm. might have had a fingerprint on her. Uh, she had several cuts that we knew ended up in her vagina where the flesh had been like just sliced out of her. Her stomach contents at the autopsy do were shit, literally. Human feces. Her own feces. She'd been made to eat her own shit before she died. Yeah, I read that the, the, uh, she also had pubic hair in her stomach too, right? Yeah. So they gave her like a, just pretty much just like <laughs> you know what they of did? shit covered in pubic hair? <laughs> she probably shit and then whoever was killing her was like, that's so disgusting. And then he rolled it in her pubic hair and just like forced it into her. Like just a cigar. Maybe even grosser. And so, but I mean, just to make her eat it. It's terrible. Yeah, she's tortured. Yeah. She had ligature marks on her neck, wrists, and ankles. She had bruises to her face, but she had no bruises from where she'd been sliced into. So they know that she got... So it was post-mortem. Yeah, it happened after her death. The medical examiner determined that the cause of death was hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face. So she choked on her own blood, and it was shock from all the blows to her head and face. So she'd been beaten for around five days. Wasn't she like... Like tied to like a the pipes in a bathtub. Like she was yeah. in a bathtub, but she was hanging because like her her wrists were tied to the pipes. Yeah, and that's why if you look at the mock, I'm I'm sure everyone here has seen all the mock pictures of yeah, her. Yeah. That's why her the bottom half of her her hips are sat up. So she'll have been killed. She would have been given that Glasgow smile as she was sat up, tied in the bathtub. So you think she was in rigor mortis and, yeah, and frozen she was. in that position yeah. at that point? Yeah. After her death, the editor of the Los Angeles Examiner, they received a phone call from a man claiming to be her killer. He followed it up with a post that contained individual letters cut out and stuck to it that read, here are the Dahlia's belongings. The envelope contained her photographs and other documents. The LAPD at the time, they spared nothing in their investigation to try and catch her because it was big news. They took over 2,700 reports. There were over 300 named suspects. Whoa. They arrested 50 suspects who they all cleared of release. 19 false confessions wasted law enforcement's time and resources. And many false confessions made were made in order so they could get the 10 grand reward for information about her killer. I can't imagine it. Like 10 grand now is probably like a million ten, to us. 10 now. grand at that time. Yeah. yeah. All of these leads, they all ended in a dead endy. <laughs> and nothing is known about her actual killer today. But that doesn't mean that people don't have their theories. There's a lot. There are several th- uh, theories. Um, what's the, the most popular one is, who's that guy? You, you, I know you know who I'm talking about. The guy who thinks that his father killed everybody. Steve fucking Hodel. We're going to talk guy. about Steve yeah, Hodel yeah. right now. So he thinks his father, George Hodel, he thinks he killed half the fucking people in Hollywood in the face. <laughs> yeah. So in his 2003 book, The Black Dahlia Avenger, the true story, it's an awful book. Steve claims his father's handwriting matches strange letters the police received from the killer. 
they, that's what they say. That's what they say. He also uncovered photos of a woman who resembled Elizabeth in his father's personal photo albums and believes that because uh, George Hotel was a doctor, he was an evil surgeon. That would explain like why it was so precise and the clinical cuts on the body and why it's hmm. all quite like morbidly medical. He's got a point there, though. No, he doesn't. I hate Steve Odell. <laughs> <laughs> like he he says that his father is the Zodiac. Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've read that. Like, ca- look, we all have daddy issues, Joe. Like Steve, just like stop it now. Yeah, just come on. So I'm not into that. Uh, can they, move beyond this. The other theory is that it's linked to the Cleveland Torso murder. I didn't. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So the, how how would that happen? The guy moved from Cleveland to to Los, Los Angeles? Angeles. That's what they say. Because how? Because so? he also the Cleveland torso murderer just like stopped suddenly, and they always say about serial killers, don't they? They're either in jail or they've been killed or they've moved. Oh yeah, maybe. So that could have happened. Also connected to a lipstick murder that was occurring in um. This was like the murder of a girl called uh, Gian French, who looked a lot like Elizabeth Short. Actually, went at her on her body, somebody had written "fuck you, BD," and then just underneath that were the letters "tex." Whoa! Obviously, yeah, that's weird. That just happened after Black Dahlia, so the press. Yeah, it's a copycat crime. But there is an alternative theory that some people might not have heard of. And this has been researched by one of my favorite L.A. crime bo- blogs. It's called Deranged L.A. Crimes. And there's a possibility that the Dahlia wasn't killed by a man. But there's plenty of evidence to suggest that she might have been killed by a woman. By a female serial killer or just a, a female just murdered her? A female might have just murdered her. Interesting. I haven't heard this one. So the notion that a woman could be her killer is not far-fetched. The Herald featured a series of columns written by a psychologist called Alex, uh, sorry, Alex, Alice Levere. Levere had previously profiled her killer as a young man without a criminal record, but she was open to the possibility of a female killer. She was an expert for hire, and if the Herald ex- editors had like asked her to write a like profile identifying the killer as like a mutant from a distant planet, she would have done it. <laughs> but she's like, she's still a psychologist. Yeah, she's got it. So she said she told the Herald at the time, murderers leave behind um, the trail of fingerprints, bits of skin and hair. The Slayer of the Black Dahlia, like the most telltale clue of all, the murder pattern of a ge- degenerate, vicious, feminine mind. Well, I don't understand why feminine mind. I mean, I think it could have just been a psychopath who was who had a surgical background. If you think about the way the Black Dahlia was living, Elizabeth Shaw. It wouldn't surprise me if she did run across another female hustler who fucking hated her. Or if she screwed over another Someone woman. else. Yeah, so it was like a revenge murder. Uh, Alice also said that the cops should look for an older woman. Police investigators should look for an older woman than the, the Black Dahlia. This woman who either inspired the crime or actually committed the ghastly, unspeakable outrage need not be a woman of great strength extreme emotion or high mental tension in men and women give great superhuman strength. Yeah, but the thing is that I find kind of hard to believe that a woman would do is just the torture. Like, the fact that she was, like, beating her. See, I can get... I took shit and covered in pubic hair and 
a shit sandwich, a shit pube sandwich, and made her eat it. How many women would do that? That actually speaks really... Like, women are evil, D. Women are evil. I think women are evil in a more passive-aggressive way. I can't imagine a woman doing, like, what Dahmer did. You know, it, like, what Dahmer did, or... Or, or this yeah, type, but this isn't like this what type Dama, of torture. This isn't like what Dharma did. Yeah. This to me speaks like somebody knew, somebody knew who Elizabeth Short was and fucking hated her. And maybe this resentment had built up, built up for a few years to the point where they were like, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. It's, but that's the thing. What I'm saying, it's like, I feel like it's not behavior that a woman would be, that's amenable to like a woman. I, like, I, I can't imagine most women would be capable of doing this, whereas... Men, doesn't surprise me that a man would do something terrible like that. Well, they do say that if you compare her profile of the potential killer to the profile which which was created by John E. Douglas, who had retired uh, from the FBI. John Douglas. Yeah. yeah. Her 75-year-old profile actually holds up really well to the type of person who might have killed uh, the Dahlia. So the the profile by the psychologist would yes. hold up to would matches what Hers, John Douglas said. Yeah, she's got like loads of uh, points that still match. So it can't be discounted that a female wouldn't have killed her. A retired Los Angeles Times copy editor, Larry Harnish, he wrote an article for the Los Angeles Times for the fiftieth anniversary of her death. During his research, he unearthed an important connection between the body dump site and two medical doctors. Dr. Walter Alonzo Bailey and a Dr. Alexandria Andrea Partica. Dr. Alexandria. Yes. So Dr. Bailey, he owned a house about a block south of the place where her body was dumped. He didn't live there at the time of the murder. He had separated from his wife and um, filed for divorce in Nevada. Dr. Um, Alexandria, she arrived in Seattle, Washington on August the 22nd, 1940. She ended up in Los Angeles in 43. In that year, she's like, no, is just working as a medical examiner for the hospital. Mr. Mrs. Bailey claimed that Alexandria was blackmailing the doctor, Dr. Bailey, with secrets about his medical practice that could ruin him. Wait, so Alexandria is the other doctor? Yeah, she's the one who's moved. Uh, she's Indian, and she and, moved to Los Angeles. And she was blackmailing the doctor, Doctor Bailey, uh, who had just got through the divorce. Who's going through a divorce? Okay. Yeah. And so she's blackmailing. Okay. Then what does this have to do with Elizabeth Short? Well, Doctor Bailey knew Elizabeth Short and knew her family. In 1945, Dr. Bailey's adopted daughters, Barbara Lindgren, was a witness to the marriage of um, Elizabeth's um, Elizabeth's sister, Virginia Shaw, um, in Inglewood, California, near Los Angeles. So the families are connected. He knew them. Hmm. Uh, um, You can actually hear all about this. There's a great James Elroy documentary. It's called Feast of Death. It's all up on YouTube, and it's... All it's that it's James Elroy and about five retired LAPD detectives all talking about their theories about who I'm killed Elizabeth the Dahlia, Short. and this theory is also James Elroy's favorite. Uh, James Elroy's favorite theory about who could have killed it. Wo- it could have been this woman, this doctor, this doctor, yeah, because so they're connected. I wonder, like, w- what about Doctor Bailey's ex-wife? Like, do you think she could have done it? Like, maybe Doctor she- Bailey was uh, stupid Elizabeth Short. He could have been. We'll hey, or giving her money did. or something. Maybe he could have been a sugar daddy. Yeah. He saw, I think they were both evil people. 
But that's a really good theory. Hmm, that is interesting. In quick question. Yeah. Where did why did they call her the Black Dahlia? Because there was a film that had come out called The Blue Dahlia at the time, and there's a very the first famous picture that they shoved on the newspaper of Elizabeth was she's got a dahlia in her hair, so she became the Black Dahlia because they say that she liked to wear black clothes, but she didn't oh, really. Huh. Yeah, her famous uh, a lot of the pictures I've seen her and she's wearing black. Yeah, but she wore all types of colors. She wasn't just like wearing black as it, the myth goes. But it's a pretty fucking cool nickname. No, but I was a murder a victim yeah, and I got called the Black Dahlia. I'd be pretty fucking happy about it. Yeah, no, it's, that is great. In 1949, the Los Angeles Grand Jury, they basically took the LAPD to task for failing to solve the case. And there were several other unsolved homicides and disappearances of women during the 1940s in um, LA. Did they also have shit with uh, pubic hair in their stomachs? No, just, <laughs> just Elizabeth Bless. <laughs> Uh, on September the 6th, uh, 1949, the jury's foreman, Harry L- Lawson, he told reporters, there is every possibility that we will summon before the jury involved in the investigation of these murders. We find it odd that there are books of the Los Angeles Police Department as many unsolved crimes of this type. Because of the nature of this, these murders and sex crimes, women and children are constantly placed in jeopardy and are not safe from attack. Something is radically wrong with the present system for apprehending the guilty. The alarming increase in the number of unsolved murders and other major crimes reflects ineffectiveness in law enforcement agencies and the courts and, and the courts and should not be tolerated. This hmm. nothing has changed. If anything, it's gotten worse. No, I think it's 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 probably way more corrupt now. And not to mention, it's just they're never going. Most of these most of these crimes will never even be solved, or just because just the paperwork. And just the volume, the sheer volume. They just never get to it. Well, I think what Harry, uh, the good jury foreman, Harry Lawson is missing and fails to understand is that like crime is changing. It's no longer like you can't just assume a woman's killer was a husband or a boyfriend. Like stranger homicides, nothing new, are they? Strangers no. kill each other. But it's that's also not common compared well, to typically you're going to be killed by someone you know yeah typically it's like there's got to be a connection because it's i mean it does happen where there's like you know a serial killer just murder a random victim but i think typically most murders occur with someone that that some tangentially know each other so what what happened to the doctor then so dr bailey he divorced the wife whatever what happened to Dr. he Alexandria? moved out to um nevada no one knows what happened to her why would she have anything against uh, Elizabeth Short? Well, because she's obviously she's Another obviously grifter. a grifter and a hustler, yeah. and uh, Doctor Bailey knew the Short family, so it's she could have met or Elizabeth could have spurned her. You just will never know. This is the thing with the Black Dahlia. I think this is why her like myth endures. It's because it was so long ago now. Her death was so fucking depraved. Everyone uh, who yeah. might have been connected to her is dead. It's a, it's like Jack the Ripper. You, we can, yeah, like, talk there's no about way you will ever be able to, uh, to actually solve this murder. What I like is uh, James Elroy wrote in his book, The Black Dahlia. Uh, this is him like summing up Elizabeth Shaw. I never knew her in life. She exists for me through others in evidence of the ways that her death drove them. Just like her death is driving this podcast today. Well, her death is going to drive you. At the le- to, uh, near Lemur Park to go see her uh, location. I am 100% lying in the ground like I am Elizabeth Shaw dead. It's so morbid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're going to do the pose? 
Well, I won't be able to do what? Should I eat a shit sandwich before I go there as well? <laughs> I mean, Come really. Come on, I've got some decorum. If you're going to really replicate the situation, you got to go all the way. <laughs> oh, right. Are you going to feed me your shit? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I, mean, I got I some I know pubes. we're married, but I don't, I don't like that's too far. <laughs> I got some pubes. No, you have to be your shit. Don't you think? Oh, shit. It would have to be my yeah. shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you can eat mine. <laughs> Smoothie. Is, so is that one of your top crime scenes? Going to see the re- Black Dahlia. Yeah, I really want to go for a cocktail in the hotel where she disappeared. And then after that, we should go and see where she was discovered in the yard. Yeah, we, we should definitely go check that out. Um, so I wonder what's over there now. I think Lemur Park is still there. It, there's a house. There's house. It's a whole street now. They covered. Okay, all right. I wonder if like, yeah, you wouldn't even be able to... To know the lo- actual location. Oh, no, you can still, you can go to it. People go to it. I've seen pictures, dude. And soon as will be a picture of me. God, I, I imagine there must be so many, like, true crime fans that come to the city and you have to hit up all those locations. Yeah. That's why if you live in a murder house, you got to get used to it. <laughs> anyway, we'll be, we'll be talking about uh, all, all the, th- you know, a lot of people come to L.A. It's good to go check out, like, Disneyland and shit like that. No, Kate wants to go see the the, the location where <laughs> Elizabeth Short was uh, dismembered. Her dismembered corpse was found. Yeah, that's my Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, over the next uh, couple weeks, we'll be uh, we'll we'll be reporting live from uh, well, we're reporting on uh, Kate's adventures here in Hollywood. Not to mention next week, San Francisco. Oh yeah, I can't wait for San Francisco. Yeah, Kate's gonna meet the family. I can't wait to meet the whole Simon family. Yeah, you're gonna get to meet everybody. All of them, even and and Wackerly and uh, and JoJo and Joe, yeah, JoJo Kelly too. It's gonna be a fun time. So we'll be talking about that too. Uh, people, this is episode eight thirty three here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Got some uh, phone calls coming up next three two three five two two four zero three two. But first, here's a quick word about our Patreon page. Hello, Sick and Wrong patrons. In case you haven't noticed, and judging by the numbers, you haven't, Sick and Wrong has their very own Patreon page where you can find outtakes, extra stories, extra phone calls, and a whole lot more. These guys are putting out at least another hour to a week of additional content. To put it in perspective, here are some things that are more expensive than a $5 a month membership on Patreon. A pack of smokes. A value meal at any drive-thru. One $6 whore. Three $2 whores. A $10 crack rock. A six-pack of beer. A beer at pretty much any club. One movie ticket, two joints, and two gallons of petrol. Hell, when you break it up, it costs less than 17 cents a day, and that's cheaper than feeding a starving African child. So sign up and help these Jews continue to craft the fine podcast we all enjoy so much today. We got a few phone calls to get to here. 323-522-4032 is that number. People, remember to call the show. We want to we want to hear what you have to say. Make us laugh. Tell us something uh, or just either make us laugh or make us revolted. Either one. Because either way. Um, and just give us a call. Keep it under three minutes. Or even send us an email to uh, podcast at gmail.com. Um, this first call actually is somebody who uh, called in to welcome you to California, Kate Rambo. Oh, nice. Hello, Governor. Welcome to the United States. You may call it. Oh, he's from your homeland. Hello, Governor. Yeah, sounds, sounds very English. Is this Ed Sheeran? <laughs> sounds like it. 
the former land we had, but it's not anymore now, right? It's uh, it's the land of the free kind of. All right, take it back. I think it's Kit Harrington. Who's who this who's that? You remember the guy that was in fucking Game of Thrones? I didn't watch Game of Thrones. It was too uh, too nerdy for me. I don't know. He's an he's an English actor. I'll look him up. Nigeria, welcome. You've gone from the Northern Flag to California person. Person. Uh, 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 land of the free home of a uh, weak beer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I like that weak beer, right? I have actually <laughs> been enjoying the fact that I can get a Modelo wherever I go. It's you, everywhere. You know what uh, Kate really wanted, and I bought it for it, but you haven't had it yet, is you got a, one of those, uh, those, it's those micheladas, those like tomato beers. I'm going to have it on a hangover. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what you think of those. I, I find those disgusting. I've always found them just fucking vile. Wackily used to drink it all the time. I don't think it's a beer you can get drunk of, but I'm, go- I'm saving that for a hangover. Why do you need to mix beer and tomato juice? Well, why do you need... Tomato juice as a thing is not a nice thing, is it? It's good in the Bloody Mary. Exactly, and that's vodka. But it's not good with fucking beer. Well, I'll be the one to determine that. Oh, we'll see. We will. Marijuana dispensary? Yeah. In it? (laughs) (laughs) In it? Yeah, you haven't actually been to a dispensary yet. I have not been inside the dispensary, but I've seen a lot of them. Well, it's funny because here you see the green cross, like the little green cross, and you're just like, Oh, it's a dispensary, but in uh, your in your country, it's like that's a like in a what a, a pharmacy. Yeah, it's pharmacy. <laughs> I, you know, I found that very confusing. Like when I remember, I think it was in Germany or something, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, they got dispensaries here." And I was like, "Oh, that's not a dispensary." Walking in, asking for weed. Hello. Is it, do you think it's a bit mental to uh, that you could just walk into a store and buy weed? No, I think weed should be legalized, and I don't know why it is illegal in Britain. It's crazy. I mean, it's like a severe, there's harsh penalties, right? Oh, yeah, there still is. Like, we should be legalizing it and fucking taxing the shit out of it. Make some fucking money. Everyone smokes weed. Like, everyone I know smokes weed. If you got caught just smoking a joint, would you get in trouble? No, you won't get in trouble for a joint. But if you got caught with a ton of weed, you're going to go to jail. If you got caught with like a quarter ounce of weed? Yeah, you'll be fine if you're not a first time, if you're a first time offender. But would they, I mean, would you get like a fine? Oh, yeah, you'd go on the you'd naughty get arrested. list. Yeah. You wow. get arrested. It's still illegal, dude. I don't Here, I would be surprised if they, well, here they're not going to do anything. Yeah. I think you're allowed to have up to like a pound, I think. Well, it was funny when we were walking back from the rainbow, we were just like hitting that vape pen. It just. Well, that, that's normal. I know, but not in Britain, mate. Not in Britain. Smoking weed on the street. You can't just walk with a vape pen? Smoking weed, you probably could. It's a vape pen. I used to smoke around smoking joints all the time, but you, you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't. It's very naughty. You've only been here for a couple of days. Ne- maybe net when I'm working or whatever. Go take a walk down fucking Melrose. You'll just get a contact high just from walking down the street. I will, and I shall. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Kid Harrington. Um, uh, <laughs> Kate's Kate's excited about that. She's excited about being here. I enjoyed um, that welcoming message. We got another one of your uh, your country folk that called in. Mash. Oh, Mash. Yeah, yeah hey, Mash, Mash my called northern in. brother in arms. Yeah, Mash called in with a uh, a fishy tail. Oh, no. All right, Dean, Kate. Mash here again. Thought I'd ring in. 
So I was listening to last week's podcast when Jojo was telling a story about when he met a lass with a fishy fanny. I thought... So, <laughs> he met a lass with a fishy fanny. Yeah, yeah, so uh, <laughs> people, that are, people that are on the, uh, the Patreon can look it up and you can hear Jojo's tale about Stinkor. It's one of my favorite Jojo stories of it's, all time. It is really funny because Jojo had sex with this girl with the smelliest pussy he's ever smelled. I mean, he said, he said he took two showers. He couldn't get the smell off. And then he had sex with her again. <laughs> and like, then he had sex with her Several times. Again. <laughs> several times. And never said anything about it. You, you, can, you have to go on Patreon to hear it. And Taylor, time I met a lass with a, let's see, um, a strong womanly scent. <laughs> Anyway, I met this lass on uh, Plenty of Fish, I think it was. P-O-F. <laughs> Plenty of Fish. Yeah. <laughs> a girl with a fishy fanny. It's like the perfect site for that. <laughs> she had plenty of fish. We're texting each other, you know, dirty stuff. Oh, I'm going to come over. And she was like, right, you've got after work, come over mine. I'm going to be like naked answer the door and stuff like that. So I was like, yes, come on. She was she was a munter like, but. I didn't really give a fuck if I was honest. Munter, so over, best word ever. She answered answered the door. She wasn't naked, like, but she had this little. She had like just a t-shirt on, and uh, she grabbed us. She literally just grabbed me cock and pulled us in, and I was like, "Fucking yes, I'm <laughs> on it here." So she went upstairs. I could see her. Oh. Picturing Susan Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking. Just using Boyle in a t-shirt. <laughs> Just grabbing your cock, being like, pulling you in, and he's like, yes. Hanging <laughs> out the bottom of our t-shirt and that. Fucking, yes, I'm in here, like. And uh, when we're going to the bedroom, she chucked us on the bed, started noshing us off. I was like, fucking, this is mint, this. And uh, next thing I know, she took her t-shirt off. And I just get this strong B.O. smell from my armpit. Oh, no. Blatant fucking B.O. And I just lost me stiffy straight away. I just could not keep it up. I just... Wait, wait, wait. He said he smelled like a B.O. smell in her armpit. I think that's dying. I think it's going to get worse from here on out. All right, all right. But so, why but didn't she take a shower? Though, right? B.O., yeah. Why didn't she take a shower if she's like, come on over after work? That to me is implying that she's at home. Uh, yeah, because she said, I'll be here on the couch naked waiting for you. Take a fucking shower, love. If you know you're going to be having some fucking shagging action, like, just wash your push- pussy. But do most northern slags do things like that? Like, wash. Do they usually prepare no, like, yeah, like, <laughs> the bath before a sexual encounter or but, after? You see, when you are a northern slag, do you, usually what happens is the sex will surprise you. Oh, all right. You You don't know when the sex is coming or when you'll get it. So you just be prepared at all times. Shower every day. Change your fucking underwear. Don't no, be no. a munter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It makes no it makes sense to me. I mean, uh, but I I don't know. Maybe she just maybe she got home from work and didn't have time. Did or she, maybe she just didn't give a shit. I it sounds to me like she don't give a shit. Yeah. Stench. I just could not hack it. And you know it's B.O., so you know it's all right, she might have a she might have a little with to her naturally but this is like unwashed be what was fucking minging yeah so I thought alright fair enough I'll, I'll try 
So I went. <laughs> I love how he just gives it the old college try. Like when there's a will, there's a way. What would you have done? I know you can't smell, but if you could smell the the chick and she just had the worst bo, would that not be a sign to you? If you were it like, "Holy a, shit, I can smell this." It would have been a major turn off. I think I would have been like, "Yeah, maybe you should take a shower." <laughs> You're just gonna say that to it. Yeah. I'd hey, be you like, fucking hey, munter. <laughs> Get in the I, I think I'd be like, I think uh, one of us needs to take a shower here, and not me. You could have been the, you could have been a gentleman about it, and you could have just said, you know, I've just finished work, I'm feeling a bit mingin. Why don't we get in the shower? I guess I also could have just like pulled out some right guard and sprayed the bitch down. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done that too. You are so romantic. <laughs> some brute by Fabergé, yeah. just spray her down. What a lady killer. Let's go. <laughs> I went to chuck her on the bed, go down, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. She just, Fanny just stunk, like just really smelled like unwashed, like not just, not just naturally, because I've had glasses with naturally smelly Fannies. It hasn't bothered us. This was just like minging. Ah. So I was like, oh, just turn over, turn over on all fours, and just try to mash me cock. In. Yeah, but what do you think her ass smells like? <laughs> it's got it's gotta be worse. In fact, he's like, I'm just going to try and mash my cock into her and like, hope for the best. Is that where the name came from? <laughs> I think it is. He's a cock masher. Get it in. So I just started like pretending to thrust and put my fingers up her and just kind of doggy style her with my fingers. And uh, she made on like she came, but I'd, I'd be very surprised if she did because it was fucking, it was a shit show. Just... What'd your fingers smell like? <laughs> Like I would have wanted to like wash my hands. I would have like instantly. I, right afterwards, I would have got up and just washed my. I hands. wouldn't want to look at all the cottage cheese that was on my fingers after. Ugh. Couldn't couldn't get me cock hard. So uh, she made on like she come and all that, like, gave us a kiss and that kind of like pulled away. I was like, oh, I see you, type thing, and then just left and never spoke to her, never rang her again, and just couldn't hack it. Anyway, keep it sick, keep it wrong. God, that is a disappointing sexual encounter. I think every man must have a smelly pussy story. I'm sure a lot of women have smelly dick stories. Dudes fucking never take showers. Yeah, but there's like, there's a difference between I've never pulled down a dude's pants and it's wafted into my face and I've felt like sick and like. Yeah, but you've also like, you also disgusting. claim that you've never <laughs> never encountered any smegma. I've never once encountered. Like every week we have to talk about smegma on the show. I, I every fucking that- week. I find that very hard to believe. I think most English women who listen to the show have probably had at least one encounter with some dick cheese. I want all the fine, sexy, amazing, beautiful women who listen to this show to ring in and tell me if they have ever seen Smegma. Because do you know how many phone calls we're going to get? Maybe one off a nurse. Maybe one off a nurse. Nurses don't count. I want somebody who's encountered Smegma in real. Your fake mom counts. I think if your fake mom encountered it, Outside of work. Well, that's what I want. I want somebody who's, if you're a nurse and you've seen Smegmet, that's cool. I want somebody who's seen it in a bedroom setting. I'm not talking like, you know, Velveeta cheese coming. I'm just saying like a little couple pieces of crusties or something Never underneath once, the foreskin. Have I ever seen Smegma? I find that really hard to believe. Well, I, I'm not sleeping with like low life then, am I? <laughs> I? I don't know, but I think it's well, more, I com- I think it's more life, common... You sleep with me. Yeah. I think it's more common <laughs> than what you might think. But yeah, I, th- I think a lot of dudes have had at least. I want to hear more. I want to hear more smelly story. pussy stories. I know that always goes the same way where the guys are like, and I lost my erection, but then I tried to mash it into her anyways. 
I mean, yeah, I, ju- I just like the crack of the stories. They're funny. Yeah, I had I had one in college, this hippie chick who also she used crystal deodorant, like her deodorant were crystals. So yeah, it smelled like just kind of bo. But the worst thing about it is her whole room smelled like bologna, like bologna <laughs> slices, like Oscar Mayer bologna. Like it smelled like bologna. And, and her then, pussy smelled like bologna. Yes, her pussy smelled like bologna. Everything smelled like fucking bologna. That's you know what that is. That's like that fucking smart Star Wars bar. Everything just smelled like grease. Yeah, it was. I mean, I still did it. I just didn't do it again. <laughs> See, like, men bad. are troopers. If yeah. I if that had been me and like a dude's cock is smelling like bologna and his whole place is smelling like bologna, I'd be I'd be out of there. I remember there's this other girl that um, I'm not gonna mention any names, but um, it was in college. I ended up shagging her, and I went down to go down on her, and it was the most pungent odor. Like it hit me so hard, like I was wasted. And I felt like I was like, I kind of rushed a little bit. Oh, shit. And so then I just kind of like, I was like, I did one of those things where I was like, you know, licking titties and tongue going down. And I was like, (laughs) 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 just like tongue going right back up to the titties. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, then, uh, but she was hot. It was, I don't know that smell. And I remember talking to a friend of mine um, and she was like, yeah, she has a very strong feminine odor. There's nothing wrong with that. It's actually very sexy for a lot of women. No, it's not. And I'm like, I don't no. know how that can be sexy. You know, that story would have ended way better if you'd have just full on vomited all over her pussy. I, I kind of gagged a little bit. Like the smell, just it caught me off guard. I just hadn't smelled something that, I wasn't expecting a smell like that. Was it like sticking your nose into like a jar of anchovies and mackerel that had been sat out in the sun for a couple of days? Kind yeah, I would say it was it was kind of fishy, but it was also kind of like metallic. Yeah, like it, but also kind of like bo too. It had like a bo kind of Gross. smell too, just like just like an unwashed smell. I just don't know about these women. Like, how can you not smell your own? Po- well, we talk about all whatever. This in the episode I know. Of JoJo. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, call in about your dick cheese encounters because I want to prove Kate Rambo wrong. <laughs> all right, this uh, next call has nothing to do with smelly vaginas. I promise. Hi, Z, Kate, this is Taco. I've been listening since, like, I don't know, 2007, I think. Taco. I don't know, the beginning. Taco! The episode I, started. Um, I haven't called in, like, years. You know, I haven't taken you to Taco Bell yet. Yeah, I haven't actually had a taco. Oh, no, I have. Yeah. No, yeah, we went I to... Have had, that was the first meal. Yeah, yeah, it was really weird, actually. Los Angeles, COVID's changed, COVID's changed most cities. But COVID definitely uh, dealt a toll to this city. It's weird. Like, things that were... I mean, LA was such a great nighttime city. Things are open late. I mean, bars aren't open late, which kind of sucks. But there's all there used to be, like, tons of diners, swingers, uh, canters. All these places are open super late. You know, where or grocery stores are open really late. All that's different now. And then restaurants. First of all, they cost way more. And then, second of all, their hours are whacked. So one of my favorite restaurants, this, this, and I was totally planning to take you there because you haven't had like real Mexican food. Well, I'm Mexican. European. You can't get real Mexican over yeah. there. It doesn't and exist. And so I wanted to take you to this place called El Compadre. And there's, there's uh, I think there's three of them in L.A. But the one on Sunset, right by Guitar Center, people that live in Hollywood would know. Um, that's one of my favorite restaurants. It's straight out of like the fucking 60s, 70s. It's really cool. I don't know what the fuck is up with their hours, but apparently they're only open now Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. 
Yeah, why would the worst days to be open for a restaurant? At least be open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and it's like a fucking Mates. bar. Like they're known for their like flaming margaritas and their their and their yeah, their food's great. And it's like what the fuck? So we ended up. I think also because you got in kind of late and everything, we ended up uh, having to go to Pink Taco, which is like one of the worst Mexican. It's not. It's not a terrible Mexican restaurant. It actually wasn't that bad. It was good. We had salsa, though. I put a it's picture just a of it cheese, on my Instagram. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. just a cheesy place. Yeah. People were messaging me asking why the salsa was that color. It was weird. Why was it gray? Well, I think it was kind of hard to see in the light. I think it was like kind of a dark, like darkish brown. But it was weird looking. It was And it weird. was also not even chunky. No. Yeah. It was, like a, it was nearly like a watery liquid. You got to be suspicious of a place that calls itself Pink Taco. <laughs> if I was driving past that place, I would just automatically think lesbian bar. That's a great name for a lesbian bar. That's a great name for like a Mexican lesbian bar. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Let's open it or cross the road from it. No, I'm planning to do... Show Kate Rambo the the array of Mexican food available in LA. So we're gonna go to a real taqueria. We're gonna go to a taco stand. Probably maybe Trejo's tacos. Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah, I want to try places. a Trejo taco. Um, we're gonna go to Taco Bell, Del Taco, and Chipotle. Chipotle. And a San Francisco mission style burrito. So and it's like you're gonna have the full array of me- what Mexican food. And on the California patron, stoppers. we're gonna do a total. We're gonna crown the king. The comparison. Uh, yeah, we're going to crown the king of who is the the best from an English person's point of view. That would be a very interesting thing. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll keep you posted. Yes. I had my first real Karen encounter Whoa. that I remember. Um, I was road cycling, like, in, you know, make fun of me for that, whatever. Um, and I, Do you wear uh, spandex? I like his attitude. Make fun of that or whatever. It's like, yeah, you already know. <laughs> I mean, do you do you have a helmet? Like, I wonder if you, do you think he has a helmet? Wears a helmet. You know what I hate about cyclists is this might, this might be a British thing. They're not allowed on the pavements. You got to be on the road. But they'll be on the, the fucking sidewalk. pavements. Yeah, You're talking about sidewalk. They'll be on the sidewalk, just fucking shooting it, shooting it fucking down past you. And you just think, you know what? Fuck you. Get on the road. Get on the road and tangle with death with the cars. Pavements are for people, you fucking assholes. Well, so I don't mind when there's a bike lane and they're ragging the bike lane. You know, well, that's their designated space. Exactly. And I think Get it should there. be. But what pisses me off is when you have these motherfuckers just riding in front of you in the normal lane. And then you're supposed to be like, oh, as if you're in a regular vehicle and you have to, re- you know, respect, respect the rules them. of the road. It's Guess like, what? fuck you. They don't pay uh, road tax. Can you remember Monkey Dust was an animation? I don't know if you guys had Monkey she Dust. sounds very familiar. Here. I've definitely told you about Monkey Dust. But there's a sketch on there where it's, we are the cyclists. And there are these like just stupid alien kind of people who emerged into their bikes. Something different happens there over time. The British folks know what I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they just, I feel like they, they're like, well, I'm a cyclist and you just have to, you, I mean, if you hit me, you're fucked. So, you well, just if have I to hit you, you're it. dead, bitch. Yeah, but you'd be fucked. You hit a bike, you hit a guy on a bike, it's like hitting a pedestrian, you're fucked. So, even if they are, they're being a dick, you still have to deal with it. And that's what I hate about I just hate the self righteous cyclist. Do, doesn't it give you a lot of problems as well? Like in what? the bedroom? Being a biker, oh, you mean just because you're sitting and squashing your balls? Yeah, isn't it meant to be really bad for you? And women, it gives you like cystitis and stuff. Do you know what? Just don't ride bikes. Well, I think a lot of men that ride bikes have very small testicles. 
Taco, can you confirm? Carry a boom speaker like in my bottle cage, That's and I listen to whatever you know. Yeah. And I was listening to punk rock, nothing crazy. And I came back home and right in front of the house when I stopped. Like what were you listening to? Black Flag, Fear. Yeah. I'd just be blasting. I don't care about you. I don't care about you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Karen's love that. I was about to turn off the speaker because I ride on the road. Like the, some lady stopped in a car and opened their window. It's cold, you know. It's like thirty-nine degrees in PA, and she opened the window and started talking to me. And I didn't turn it down or whatever. I was about to turn it off, but because she was looking at me weird, she didn't say turn it down. She said, uh, "Do you know about Jesus Christ of Nazareth? He'll save your soul. That's the devil's blah blah blah." And I was like, I didn't know what to say, so I just, I just looked at her and very nicely, like a Mormon, I just said, um. Okay, lady. Okay, go to hell. And I turned around and took my bike inside. <laughs> like, what would she have said if I was listening to Slayer or Shepard Tour or something like that? Would she have had a stroke or something? <laughs> yes. I mean, that would have been nice. But, uh, yeah, that would have blew her mind. That that's I would have just turned the music up louder. Yeah, I would have just blasted it even louder. That's pretty cool that, that he rides around listening to it. Just give her the finger. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just had to relay that before uh, I forgot. Uh, and yeah, keep keep up good work. The show is great. Kate, you're killing it. Oh, um, thanks, Taco. And uh, D, well, you're doing you're doing the thing. All right, <laughs> you're doing the thing. Thank I you, there, Taco. Taco. You know what's funny? Uh, you know who used to ride around with a boombox in the basket of it? So we, where does he put the boombox? Like in the I basket? I think he said he bike? puts it in the basket in the you front. Who, yeah, you know who used I think to that's do, pretty cool. You know who used to do that in Bay City, Michigan. You see him all the time. Bob Madigan. Doug Warsaw. Oh no way! Really? Yeah, Dougie. He yeah. would always be cruising around on his bike, just blasting like '90s hip hop, like Slick Rick. Yeah. Oh my god. It was so funny. It was like you'd always see him. You're like, oh, nice, Dougie. And he'd come up because you'd hear the music, like you'd hear like. You know, like the Ghetto Boys or something. <laughs> and then Dougie be like, where's the party at? <laughs> <laughs> no one's taking you to the party, Dougie. Oh, we used to. It was always fun. <laughs> but uh, thank you there, Taco. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, fuck Karens, man. Why, why do they always want to let you know about Jesus? Like, do you think shouting at me about Jesus is actually going to ever make me think, yes, I want to go and find out more about this Jesus character? I mean, if Jesus loves Slayer, I would probably be like, yeah, actually, maybe there is something to this religion thing. I would if, be like, of course Jesus loves Slayer. But Jesus Slayer is fucking awesome. Yeah, but Jesus, like, is, uh, from what I know from Christians, Jesus is into some pretty shit music. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's talking about <laughs> Christian music. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I, I mean, Striper, for example, um, which and is probably Creed better a Christian than most. band too. Yeah, Creed. Creed. <laughs> That's another. I I would say Striper's better than Creed personally, but uh, but yeah, and the, I mean from what I know about Christians, they're into shit music. So yeah, I, I agree with Taco. Blast your punk rock. Yeah, buddy. And, uh, keep tell it her up. to fuck off. <laughs> anyway, people call the Sikoranga uh, hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. Um, we got to get going here, but um. Everyone that's on the Patreon, we do really appreciate your support and your love for the show. And that's what kind of keeps us going every week. And uh, we have fun. You know, we do a whole second show on the Patreon. So you sign up, just $5 a month, that's it. And you get a whole other second show. Uh, This week, we kind of get into the the sordid details of Kate's decadent first weekend in Hollywood. Yeah. 
Um, I'll, t- I'll tell uh, a little bit more of the story of Kate at Jumbo's, how she became really chummy chum with uh, Thomas Middleditch. Who I still don't know who he is, and I never will know who he yeah. is. Yeah. Um, we'll tell uh, about the uh, the drugs we did with strangers in the secret room <laughs> at the Rainbow. <laughs> I can't even believe we did that. I really can't. But I, when you're- you do stupid shit and you just do it and you survive. But it was a very stupid decision. Well, at that point, I think I was already. I don't know if I was blacked out at that point. I d- blacked out later, though. because I mean, That's the thing. Whenever you, you do blow, you drink five times more. And so we did a bunch of drugs with these people and drank a hell of a lot more. Yeah. So that's kind of why I don't remember coming home from the rainbow. Good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> but you can hear all about that on the Patreon second show. Uh, it comes out every Sunday just like the main show and only five bucks a month, people. is nothing. Ooh. And just for a few bucks more, if you want to get really brandy, um, you get the Sick and Wrong News segment at the $10 tier, and that's when we kind of do a roundup of Sick and Wrong News every week. Um, this week, we, uh, we, we uh, were discussing a little bit of the Ukrainian-Russia war that's going on right now, the invasion. And just to put people's you know, minds at ease, uh, Pornhub isn't blocked in Russia following the invasion of the Ukraine. I know Netflix is, but Pornhub isn't, so good. that's a good thing. Um, can't deny the Russians their, their porn. Uh, we also talk about Kanye West sharing a disturbing music video of him killing and burying Pete Davidson. That kind of pushes up the rivalry a bit. If you were Pete, wouldn't you be like, we're going to court time now, Kanye? Kind of, but I think Pete's just trying to be like, oh, I'm cool and punk rock, and he's just joking around. Until he actually OJs it and does it. Which I wouldn't be surprised. That would be amazing, and we would. I would could never stop talking about that if that happens. We'll be covering that here on Sick and Wrong. Fuck yeah, on the news. <laughs> anyway, just go to patreon.com slash sickandwrong, sign up today, and uh, and help us out. We appreciate you supporting the show. Also, you can buy some Sick and Wrong merch at the T Public store, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Uh, click on the picture of the Pope, go to the T Public store, buy some, some Sick and Wrong uh, merchandise. And uh, finally, here's Sing Wrong Song of the Week. I was trying to find a good L.A. song uh, in tribute to uh, Kate Rambo here. And the first one that came to mind is Missing Persons Walking in L.A. Because that's what Kate's going to be doing. She's going to be one of the only people to walk around in L.A. Because nobody walks in L.A. I'm going to walk myself up to the Paris Review. Just like JoJo. <laughs> the, the, the Paris house up the street? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's funny because this song is, you know, walking people know this song. It's, it was off of their, their uh, first record, Spring Session M, came out in 82 um, by Capitol Records. We went to Capitol oh Records. Oh, my God, yeah, we yeah. Went past it. But it's funny because, of course, it's nobody walks in L.A. And, and it's true. Like the other day, we were actually walking back to my car. I think we were in, were we in uh, West, I think we were in Westwood. I think we're walking back to my car. Kate's got this like black leather trench coat and I'm wearing like, you know, black leather jacket, black, black. We're all in black. All right. And with black sunglasses. Oh, yeah. We have black sunglasses, too. And someone just drives by and they're like, what is this? The, the fucking Matrix. Matrix? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I guess it is. That's one of the best cat calls I've had in so, so long. I love it. Just it. heckled. But it's true, though. No one walks in L- L.A. And when you do, you get heckled. You do. So that's probably what's going to happen. So we're going to end the show here with that missing persons walking in L.A. People will be back next week with episode 834. Till then, take a sleazy.
and rock and uh, 